This episode is brought to you by PeepGameComics.com. That's comics with an X. Your digital comics platform dedicated to black comic book creators. This Black History Month, Peep Game invites you to explore black comics. Take 25% off at the checkout with the code BGN. Black Girl Nerds recommends Malice and Ovenland by Michelaine Hess. Malice and Ovenland follows the adventures of Lily Brown, a young girl living in Queens, New York. It's summer vacation and all Lily wants to do is have fun. Instead, she has a laundry list of errands to run for her mother, including cleaning the dreaded stove. Peep Game Comics, again, that's with the next at the end, is your number one black comic shop. Go to peepgamecomics.com and use the product code BGN to get 25% off. Hey, this is Francesca Ramsey, but everyone online knows me as Cheska Lee, and you are listening to the Black Girl Nerds Podcast, and it's dope. episode of the Black Girl Nerds Podcast. My name is Jamie. I am your host. This is episode 59, titled Agents of the Realm and Twitching While Black. So we have two segments on this podcast. We have first Mildred Lewis. She is the creator behind Agents of the Realm, and it's centered around five female protagonists. This is a webcomic that is created by Mildred. She does all of the artwork. She writes. She's editing it. She's doing the whole darn thing, and she wants to turn this webcomic into a printed book. So we're chatting with her about that. And then in segment two, I have Terrence Kershaw. Terrence is a Twitch streamer and commentator for Smash Brothers on Twitch.tv. So he talks about his experience as a gamer, what led him to where he is today, how he's gotten so many followers and such a great following. And this is an interview that was actually conducted over at PAX South with Jacqueline Coley. So you hear a little bit of ambient noise in the background, but the interview comes out very, very clear overall. Thank you so much for tuning in, and I hope you enjoy this one. I think this is going to be a great show. I think you'll get a lot of information. Be sure to take copious notes, and I hope you enjoy. Episode 59, coming at ya.
Mildred Lewis is a freelance illustrator and comic artist based out of Boston. She has a new comic called Agents of the Realm. Currently in webcomic form, Agents of the Realm is now on a Kickstarter push to get it into print. Mildred Lewis has also been featured on our Comic Creators You Should Know series. Thank you for tuning in to this segment of the Black Girl Nerds Podcast. My name is Jamie. I am your host. I have here a very incredibly talented artist and webcomic creator. You may be familiar with the webcomic called Agents of the Realm by Mildred Lewis. Mildred's a guest on tonight's show. And she she really, first of all, is incredibly talented. But second of all, she needs your help and your support. She has a Kickstarter going on with the Agents of the Realm webcomic. And we're trying to bring it over to print. So we're going to give you some information later on in the episode. But... First, I I just want to say thank you, Mildred, for coming on the Black Girl Nerds podcast and chatting with us tonight. Thank you for having me. It's been long awaited. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I know. I've I've reached out to you for a while now, so I'm glad that you're finally here. Tell us now, how how did you get into comics and, and why? I mean, I've been reading comics since I was a kid. Like, I have two older brothers, and basically since they were able to read and get their hands on them, I have been too. (laughs) so it's like I feel like it's kind of inevitable because of that because it's just been such a huge influence on my life but there was a while when I didn't think I could actually do it as a way of making money and making a living off of it but then about two and a half three years ago I kind of just decided to really try and get my hand into comics there were a few concepts that I tried working on and they didn't really go anywhere but then about two and a half years ago, while it was really cranky about Sailor Moon Crystal airing, I ended up coming up with Agents of the Realm, and like from there, it just kind of snowballed, and I was became this project that I was like, I need to make happen. That's phenomenal. That's really great. Talk about someone that had a situation where you didn't really get far, and, and there was some rejection, but you decided to take it on your own and create your own content, and now we've got Agents of the Realm. For those of us who may not know, tell us exactly what is a webcomic? And as an indie creator, do you find it easy or more challenging using this format as opposed to publishing in print? So a webcomic is basically exactly what it sounds like. It's just a comic that you read on the internet. Usually people put it out for free, which is fantastic. It like helps increase accessibility, makes it a lot easier to find new stuff. And as for like whether I find it harder, it's, I mean, it's becoming a process that I enjoy. It's teaching me a lot about patience because right now I'm doing it one page at a time twice a week. And so like when you have a really long term story coming up or like developed, you kind of have to learn to bide your time and basically work with the schedule that you have set up. I personally think it's been pretty fantastic. It's helped me reach a lot of people. It's been really fun having like comments section set up and being able to read people's reactions in real time. One of my favorite things is when I get a new reader and they're going through the pages and I can see their comments popping up on each page. It's like fantastic. So it's it's really just like a great medium, I think, for anyone who, who's thinking about getting into comics. I know that there's like this weird kind of deterrent because I feel like in order for us to like take something seriously, it needs to be in print. But there's just so many phenomenal webcomics out there and they're being made by people who, you know, like similar to me, want to be able to 
have full control over their creative property and be able to work at their own pace, be able to make the decisions on their own or like maybe with a partner and not necessarily have to answer to like this pre-created image that a company has. So it's, it's been pretty fantastic. Tell us a little bit more about your comic Agents of the Realm. It, it really looks interesting. I see that you've got four female protagonists and many of them are women of color. Looks like you've got some queer characters. So can you tell us a little bit about what the story is about and, and how did you come up with this concept? Yeah, so Agents of the Realm is a magical girl webcomic that takes place in college. And a lot of it focuses on the experience of being in college and being a college student. So like a lot of the jokes and things are really kind of poking fun at the college experience. The story itself follows five young women. It follows Nora. She's kind of like the central girl. She's pretty socially awkward, but she's trying. <laughs> um, and then she has a roommate, Adele, who's the very outgoing, bubbly type. And then there's also Kendall and Paige. Kendall is very much the go-with-the-flow kind of person. And Paige is very domineering and bossy. And then the last girl is Jordan, who is kind of like the sweetie pie of the group who just wants to do good. And so they, they get into their first year of college, which is where the comic starts off. And they, all five of them, basically find out that they are these magical warriors and it's their job to save the world. And it gets a little bit more complicated when one of their teachers turns out to be potentially evil. Mm-hmm. And then they discover that she has a twin sister trying to stop her from an alternate dimension. And all of this history comes out of like, where these magical warriors kind of began and like how this alternate reality became a thing. So it's pretty hefty for five chapters. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot going on, but that's such a rich universe. I, I'm really, my interest is peaked. Yeah. That's awesome. We had featured you on comic creator. You should know series. And we talked about the lack of women of color being hired by the big two. And you told us that you feel like mainstream companies don't allow much control for creators. Can you elaborate a little bit on that? I feel like when you're kind of working for a bigger company, there's usually a goal that they have in mind that they want to see happen. Mm -hmm. And they want to help maintain like a specific vision of the overall company. And they'll adjust things to sustain that vision or expand on that vision how they see fit. So, I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of flexibility, like a lot more than I, I probably even realize. But I feel like when you're kind of an indie creator, it's like, you're in a position to have full control. You're the one who gets to say when something happens and when something doesn't. You're the one who gets to control the voice and control the way that something is going to be put out there. Whereas like when you're working for like a bigger company, obviously you don't have that full control. You might be able to do the writing, but it has to be, you know, approved and everything needs to go through people to make sure that everything is in the quality that they're looking for, which definitely has its benefits. I mean, there are times when I'm like, I kind of wish I had someone that I was working under to kind of call the shots because when you're making decisions on your own constantly, mm-hmm. it can become very exhausting. <laughs> yeah. So like, I definitely envy people who even have like writing partners who they can shoot off ideas for because there's definitely a benefit to not just being the sole person on your team. But the same line of breath is definitely something that I'm, I really appreciate about being an independent creator. Um, and if that's something that people are looking for, it's definitely something to look into. So are you also doing the artwork as well as the writing? Yes. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. 
Yes, I do like literally everything by myself. <laughs> oh my gosh. So lettering, editing, yeah. the whole nine. Yeah. Yeah, I did bring on a couple of people to help me with flat coloring. But aside from that, like that was a recent addition. But aside from that, it's like, yeah, it's, it's, it's all me. <laughs> oh my gosh. For better or for worse. <laughs> I had no idea. Wow. that That's incredibly impressive. Do you find that, I mean, what kind of time management skills do you uh, acquire when you find that you are the one doing everything? Because typically a comic book, even in the webcomic space, there there's at least a small team of people, but you doing it all by yourself, how do you manage the time to wear so many hats? Oh, it's a, it's a learning process. <laughs> <laughs> like I definitely wasn't always as good at time management. It was something that I was forced to learn by doing this and going through this whole process. Um, but like, it's, it's been fun in a weird way because it, time management for a very long time was something I was not very good at. And I, I will be honest and I'm still not exactly the best at it, but I've definitely improved a lot. Like it's kind of taught me to appreciate the time I set aside to do things. So I'm not just like, constantly tinkering away at the story. It's like, I'll set a day where I'm like, okay, today is going to be scripting day and I'm just going to work on scripting and I'm not even going to worry about drawing it. And then there, well, most days I'm like, okay, today's I'm going to be, my goal is to like finish pages one through blah, 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 and like get inking on a few and like set up these goals. In some ways it's kind of become a game mm -hmm. <laughs> to help make it entertaining for me just to set up these little goals to reach. And it's been helping a lot, a lot. Do you find, because there are some women of color that have managed to break through on the corporate side. Afua Richardson comes to mind with Marvel. Yeah. Um, but do you find that the creator-owned route is a much safer and profitable space for women of color? I mean, that's kind of like a, it's like a big question. I mean, when you work for a major company, you have a defined paycheck which, you know, like there are days when I, even I'm like that, I miss having that, <laughs> like, you know, exactly what's coming in each week, you know, so you can like plan your bills as you need to. Whereas when you're working independently and you're an indie creator, it's kind of a mixed bag. Like you have to really work to gain that traction. You have to really work to get yourself into a position where you can even hope to have like a consistent financial flow for a certain period of time. So, I mean, it, it, it's definitely a route where you're really making yourself. And if you're looking to kind of make yourself a business, um, it's definitely good. But whether or not it's like a more like a better lucrative route, it honestly depends on what you're looking for in your long term plans. And in terms of safety, where women can kind of have a little bit more autonomy and have their own agency, do you find that the creator own route is probably the best way to go or... It just depends on the situation if you do elect to work for one of the big two. Yeah, yeah. it's like I think it depends on the situation. I am personally one of those people who I really like to have full control or even like most of control when it comes to like my own creative projects. Yeah. I am totally fine like working as being kind of a quote unquote cog where like I have a small portion of a job whether it's like coloring or inking or something like that. Like I am totally fine with doing work like that. And I do do work like that for other companies. But when it comes to like my own personal projects, I really love being an indie creator. And like, it's kind of helped me set up these longer term goals to help kind of ensure that 
in the long term. Like I can still keep in charge of my creative decisions, um, whether I bring on more people or not. It's just something that's just super crucial to me. I wanted to get your opinion on something because I saw that on Twitter you had mentioned you're a fan of Young Justice. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> me too. And season two recently just dropped on Netflix. So I wanted to find out your opinion. Why do you think that show had such a strong impact with viewers? Well, actually, I started with Young Justice back when the comic book series premiered. Oh, wow. In the 90s. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> um, yeah, like way back then. I hadn't really gotten too much into the cartoon itself, though, but I had heard like a lot of really positive things about like how they really tried to like develop a lot of female characters and like really give them an opportunity to shine in the series, which any show that does that, I think they're kind of realizing that it's not just little boys that are interested in shows like this and stories like this. Like young women love to be able to see themselves as being the heroes to their own story too. Like we're not all looking to just be saved. We're all also looking to make, to like see a reflection of our ability to like save the day and save ourselves. So that's definitely something that's had me really interested in the cartoon series, because I know that in the comic book series, they did a really good job of fully developing and making these really rich, well-rounded female characters. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about your Kickstarter right now. You're over 10K. Your goal, I believe, is 17,000. Give us some of the information about the Kickstarter. What are the perks? Where can we go? What are the links to the Kickstarter? Yeah, so the Kickstarter right now is, yeah, it's over 10,000, which is amazing. I was not expecting it to get this far in such a short time <laughs> period. But like the main goal is to get the book printed, get about a thousand copies done. It's pretty hefty because the book itself is huge and it's in full color, which I have been learning is very expensive. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now I understand why so many comics are in black and white. <laughs> right. Um, but um, I've really made sure... To really pack a lot of the tiers with a lot of really cool and fun stuff. I have postcards that I've actually been drawn and illustrated by a number of really fantastic guest artists, like Victoria Grace Elliott. She does Balderdash. I have um, Nyla McGruder. She's another Black creator. Yep. She does MFK. Okay, yep. Yeah, like there's there's a bunch of them in there. I also have some foiled stamped art prints, which I thought was pretty perfect since it's a magical girl story. Those are still in the process of being made. And then there's also some really cool exclusive stuff that I managed to get in contact with a number of people to do. So there are eight bit pixel bead characters of each of the five girls that are getting made that people can get their hands on. And then there's also acrylic replicas of the amulets that each of the five girls has that, th that people can actually get their hands on as well. Both of which I'm like super pumped because it like really helps make it come to life. And I feel like it helps add to that like magical girl adventure feel that I really want the story to have. And then there's stretch goals that I've set up that I'm really excited over. All of them are prints. One, like one, one tier is being made by Scott Forbes. The next stretch goal is being made by Aisha Shahim, who is like one of my favorite all time artists. She's another black female creator. Um, and then another tier is by Paul Davey, who is another black artist that I've admired for years. And then there's also full stamp covers that are being offered for the soft cover and then hardcover copies as well. Um, as for links, I think the Kickstarter links are kind of hefty, but I can always provide it. Um, but if you search for Agents of the Realm on there, it should show up immediately. That is amazing. I, yeah. I'm so excited. Now, one of the questions that I get a lot on Twitter 
is, hey, Black Girl Nerds, can you make any kind of suggestions of comics that I can purchase for, for my kids? Is this a comic that would appeal to a specific age group? And, and what is that age group? Yeah, I've, I've had a lot of people who, like a lot of parents who come to me who are like, this looks really cute. Would this be good for my kids? It's not written for kids, unfortunately. <laughs> it's more geared towards like young adults, um, just because it is about the college experience. Right. So there are going to be a lot of more adult conversations that end up happening <laughs> um, that parents may or may not want their kids to read about yet, or they may be looking to have that conversation on their own with their children. But yeah, like the core demographic is definitely from like 13, 14 to like mid 20s or so. When I was writing this, I was kind of looking to write a story that younger me would have actually appreciated. So that's definitely something that I constantly have in mind as I, I work on it. What advice do you have for budding comic creators looking to get started in the industry? Just go for it. This is such an intense time to be alive in terms of being a creative person. When I was younger and I was first starting off creatively, the internet felt very small. Like there were, there weren't really a lot of communities up yet. Um, the ones that were up were very centrally focused on a specific theme, but now it's like you have all of these huge community websites like Tumblr and Reddit, which may or may not be for some people, right. um, but you have like <laughs> social media like Twitter and Facebook that make it so much easier to like extend your reach. Like mm -hmm. if you want to get into comics, just start making little little shorts. Make shorts about your day, like get that practice in to help make you become like the comic artist that you're looking to be. There's not really much that's stopping people these days to actually make comics, which is pretty fantastic. I mean, if you're looking to get hired by a company, you should still be starting by making your own comics because the best way to get hired is to actually show that you can do the job. Show people that you can tell a story. Show people that you can set up a page to be clear and be easy to read that people can follow without any issue. Make scripts that people can read through so they have an idea of like what your abilities are. It's definitely a time where like a lot of these creative things that people want to do, the best way to get into it is just by doing it yourself. There's so many resources available. It's like, how can you not? Yeah, point. exactly. I like remember when I was like first starting off and putting my artwork on the internet. What was that website like? Elfwoods or whatever. It was like the super high fantasy website that was kind of like the deviant art before deviant art got made. And like there weren't really tutorials floating around. Like everyone was very like hush hush about how they got their work done. So it was like so much was done by like trial and error and like figuring out my own process. But now we like live in this time where people are so much ready to share how they do things. Yep. And there's just so many resources to teach yourself. You should really take advantage of everything that we have now. It's really amazing. Everything I've done, like as far as coding and building websites and doing design and sound editing, I learned on the Internet just going on YouTube and seeing a tutorial by somebody showing me step by step. That's it. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> like my my Kickstarter video I, I mean, like, I have some video editing experience because I studied animation in school, mm -hmm. but that was, like, four years ago. And yeah. I don't really remember much from it. Same here. <laughs> so, like, I just went on YouTube and sat and watched After Effects and Premiere videos, like, nice. days on end to, like, teach myself how to do the things that I'm looking for. Yep. So it's like, there's just so many resources. Use it. Use it. Use it. Definitely. 
tell us where we can find you on the interwebs and give us all your social media shout outs. Yeah. So on Twitter, I actually, I really need to take the time to like streamline all of my stuff. So I'm on under one username. So it's easier to find me. Um, but on Twitter, I am under Frorigade, which is a ridiculous username I came up for myself like years ago. <laughs> and then on Instagram, which I'm starting to like use again, I'm under Obey Gravity. And if you want to read the comic itself, it's just agentsofthealm.com. Agents of the Realm, everyone. Mildred, thank you so much for coming on our show. It was a delight chatting with you tonight. Thank you so much. I'm glad to finally be on here. Yeah, absolutely. I wish you all the best with your Kickstarter. Thank you so much. This was really great. We'll be back right after this brief message. Are you looking to switch hosting companies? If you are, allow me to recommend SiteGround. SiteGround is a web hosting service that provides 24-7 technical support with 99.9% uptime. They have custom-made solutions that allow your website to be faster, safer, and better supported than anywhere else. Currently, they have plans as low as $3.95 a month. One of the biggest perks that I really loved with SiteGround from my personal experience was migration. In the past, I have had to ask other people to migrate my website because migrations can be a huge headache. With SiteGround, they will migrate your website for you at no charge. Low hosting plans, free migration, tons of bells and whistles, 24-hour support, and they have a great reputation as a hosting company. One of the best web hosting companies I've experienced. I love their hosting service so much that I asked them, can I be an affiliate with them? So go to blackgirlnerds.com forward slash SiteGround, where your website will be faster, safer, and better supported than anywhere else. Terrence Kershaw is a Twitch streamer and commentator for Smash Brothers on Twitch.tv. He's a commentator under the name TK Breezy. He is primarily featured on Smash at Xanadu and regionals in the Maryland, Virginia area. He commentates national tournaments regularly. TK Breezy was formerly ranked 20th on the Smash 4 Power Rankings. So we're sitting down with Terrence Kershaw, um, also known as TK Breezy. He's a Twitch streamer and commentator, and so he's here at PAX. So tell us how you got involved with Twitch and how you started streaming. Um, I got involved with Twitch overall with uh, VG Bootcamp, which is uh, the main like the main platform of what I stream with. And um, so, I, you know, I'm not streaming with, but commentating with. And I've been with them since 2010. Uh, and then... Around 2013, I was like, oh, why don't I just stream on, you know, stream at home when I'm not doing anything? And so, like, they helped me. They kind of boosted me from 2013 to now uh, to get where I am. I have, like, 30K followers on Twitter or on Twitch. And uh, and I know for a fact that, like, if it wasn't for me already being with a bigger streamer in VG who had, like, 100K at the time, I don't think I would have grown that quick. And about the end of 2014, I just, I had a, I worked for the government and I just couldn't do it anymore. I was like, I actually, actually hate this job. So <laughs> I quit and I just became a full-time streamer ever since then. Okay, so obviously, you know, we're a black nerd 
girl website and we kind of talk a lot about it. How has it been as a POC gamer? I mean, I know you've got to deal with a lot. Like, what what has it been like, especially doing the commentary as well? Uh, commentary, actually, for... Uh, well, this is, this is like a joke that we always say, but like being successful in the, uh, in the Smash community as a commentator, you have to be black because because all, all of like all of the top commentators are black. It's like me, EE, D1, DC. Like, in that aspect, it's fine. Um, as far as streaming goes, you, you know, you definitely have the the random troll come in and call you the N word and whatnot. And then I, I like I knew what I was getting into, so it's like okay, but it's not 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 anything that happens often. Like I've even been on front page before, and maybe in the. Uh, like the six hours I was on front page, two people came in and said, oh my God, it's a black guy on Twitch. And it's like, okay, we'll ban him, whatever. Then we're done. There's definitely a difference in being a black streamer than anything else. Like, there's a, not that many partner black streamers in, for, at, in the first place. So I already feel like I'm at the top of the threshold for, like, black streamers as far as, like, subs and numbers and communities. But, like, in the grand scheme of things, I'm not even, I'm not nowhere near close to the top. But it's weird that, like, if you just cut it down to a dynamic, like, I'm now, like, maybe top five. Overall, I, I can say my experience with Twitch, it's been pretty good. I don't, yeah, I I don't think it's been anything bad. I will say one of the reasons why, you know, we definitely cover a lot with Twitch is I feel like it is a forum, unlike some of the others, like the YouTubes and others, that they really do make a, a very concerted effort to make sure they have more diverse partners mm -hmm. than other ones. If you look at some of the top YouTubers, there's not that same thing. I mean, yeah. it's very much um, falling into one demographic and the other. And I will say with Twitch, they, for the most part, definitely, with the partners, the people that they put on air, they're they're a lot more diverse. It's, uh, when you ever go to the front page, I feel like I'm never watching, like, someone who I've already seen before. Uh, unless, like, they have that guaranteed slot. I know people have, a couple people have guaranteed slots on front page, and that's cool. But, like, if we're talking about, like, partner spotlights or just... Uh, charity events and things like that. Yeah, no, it's a it's a pretty diverse up there. I mean, you you have all kind of uh, streamers, and sometimes you'll see someone just playing the piano. Sometimes you'll see someone speed running, and then sometimes you'll see someone actually going through a one player game. And it's like that's that's cool to me. How long have you been gaming, and what kind of made you kind of fall in love with gaming? What was your game that you're like, okay, this is it. I've got to, I love this, and this is going to be the greatest. I've been gaming since I was four, uh, and the first game that I ever beat was Zelda: uh, Link to the Past, and. Uh, or whichever one came on the NES, I think it was Link to the Past, though. Um, and that, that's, that's been the first thing that's really caught me. I've always been a super huge Zelda fan. As far as what kept me into gaming uh, and put, throwing me into Switch is definitely Smash Bros. Uh, Smash, the first one, I got that when I was about 10, and that was 16 years ago. So, <laughs> so yeah, it's been, it's been quite a bit, uh, a, bit of, a bit of time. It was just something to get away from, like, life. You know what I mean? Like, like life gets hard. Sit down, play a game, feel good about yourself. So, um, so we're here at PAX South, and so PAX puts on events everywhere. But I know when I spoke with you, you said you you would definitely like this one in particular, and you're always come to it. What about PAX South? Do you like? Um, PAX South, uh, PAX South, and TwitchCon are very similar to me in the point where um, it's it's smaller, but like you get to see your friends like more than it's like okay, this is not about like it's about business still. And I still have went around and did my rounds with the uh, with the Expo Hall, but. I feel like I had a lot more time to spend with, like, people that I don't see a lot, and, like, that means a lot to me. Like, the Twitch community, uh, I'm in two different communities right now, and uh, I know for a fact that, like, whenever I'm with the Twitch community, I always have a good time. Like, the Smash community, I still have a good time, but, like, I look forward to coming to PAX and uh, Twitch cons and anything that I'm going to see, like, my, some of my best friends, like, Fats and whatnot, so. So what would you have for advice for, you know, any aspiring streamers? What, what advice would you have um, to tell them as far as getting going? Um... It's always hard for me to answer that question because I feel like I cheated, yo. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, like I, I feel like I feel like yo, like you know, 
be I like go hard, prosper, and I'm like, but actually, like I had a stream raid me like after every one of the tournaments, and they had a thousand people watching. So, but my thing is, I'll, I will say, having a schedule is probably like the best thing you can do because it allows people to sit in your stream before you even start. And so, like you, you know, you start the stream and you don't have to wait an hour to get good views. Like you start the stream. The first time you actually see how many viewers you have, you have like 50, 50 people in it. You know, it's cool. But it does matter. It definitely matters. And like I'm trying to train myself in a, into getting up and doing everything I need to do before I stream, taking a little break between stream to do anything else, and then streaming again. Um, so yeah, definitely a schedule. And don't quit. Um, or for, don't get in it for, for the money at first. No one, no one should get in it for the money. It's always about you stream because you want to stream. And uh, people can tell if you're not happy with your, what you're doing. Like It's a very easy human concept. Um, so... Start, you know, start streaming because you love it. Don't care about viewers at the first for the first year or two because you're not gonna have views like that. Um, and brand, I already have stream because you love it. Brand, don't care about the viewers at the beginning. So you've been doing Twitch and streaming for about the past few years. What have you noticed as far as the biggest changes um, for good or bad over the past five years in gaming, specifically maybe as far as like diversity or any of that stuff? The biggest changes, like the Smash community, we're getting picked up a lot more. Uh, or like a lot of companies are starting to like really work with us, you know, because back in the day, Smash is actually a really grassroots community uh, where we, all the big tournaments that we had, like we kind of put that together. And now we have sponsorships, we have team signing players, we have Nintendo, uh, you know, helping out every now and then. And I think that's a big change to actually get developer support from Nintendo because they usually don't do that. So um, that's one thing. Um, and I just like the general direction of games seems to be going well, you know, like just the, the, game, the type of games that are coming out. Um, and in, in conjunction with Twitch, I feel like it's a very stream, like a very stream-friendly environment between what's going on with the games and Twitch. And like, I don't know, it's, like, it's almost like a family. Like when you you see people playing like a uh, Life is Strange or uh, Until Dawn, and it's like these people, like even if they've seen it multiple times, they're like they're with you once again. Like I love that. And so, what do you hope for for the next five years in gaming, either personally or just overall big picture? I, I just my thing right now. I just, I literally want to be. Uh, in uh, considered top three black streamers, obviously, uh, or streamers in general, but uh, we, you know, if I'm going to cut it down to where I, I know my first goal would be, you know, top black streamer, or I'm up there with, hey man, like I watch stream and it makes me, you know, I, I get happy watching your stream and stuff like that. Like, I've got that before, you know, people are like, hey man, like I had a really bad day today and I came in and you really cheered me up. And like, that's, that's kind of the direction of my stream. Because even when I have bad days, like sometimes I'll have bad days and I'll stream and put it like at the top, like, uh, you know, I have a sub command for depression. Like I want, I want to have that. That five five years now, I just want to have a bigger family on Twitch. Mm -hmm. uh, and right now, like my sub, I consider them family. And then in closing, uh, what has been your favorite part so far of this weekend? What have you been like? Ah, oh, this was the greatest thing, and this is why I come. This was the best part. Uh, definitely, the karaoke. <laughs> <laughs> Me and Fats, man, we live for karaoke, man. Like it's just like. We know, we go to Twitch, and like the whole time we're like, when is the Twitch party? Because I know karaoke's going to be there. And we did Hotline Bling, and everyone loved it, as per, as I expected them to. Uh, and that was fun. I mean, it's like, that's another one of the family aspects of things. Like, you just, you know, at the end of the day, when all the business is done, let's go have fun. I love it. All right, well, thank you for sitting down and talking with us, and have a great con. Hope you enjoyed episode 59 of the Black Girl Nerds podcast. 
Be sure to check us out at blackgirlnerds.com. That's the website where you can see all of our editorial content that is updated each and every day. We're on social media all over the place. It's a ubiquitous space for us at this point. You can find us on Twitter at blackgirlnerds, Tumblr, Pinterest, Facebook, and also check us out on our BGN store where you can purchase merchandise, specifically t-shirts that go on sale from time to time. That's at blackgirlnerds.com forward slash t-shirts. And also feel free to support us at Zazzle where you can purchase coffee mugs and keychains and all other types of merchandise. That's zazzle.com forward slash blurredgasm, B-L-E-R-D-G-A-S-M blurgasm that is the spelling and i want to make a final note to thank all of the artists that have contributed their music some of the best artists in the nerdcore game right now so you should all be following them so i'm going to give you their names and their social media handles samus her social media handle which on twitter is at samus music shubzilla twitter id is at shubzilla and sky blue you can find him at Hey Sky Blue, H-E-Y Sky Blue. And don't forget to check us out on YouTube. We recently launched a YouTube channel, so check us out there and be sure to subscribe. You should already be subscribed to this podcast, by the way, which you can stream on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and SoundCloud. Be sure to leave us a comment. Also, rate us on iTunes. Thank you so much, and I'll see you guys next week. Mm-hmm. Um, hey girl, I'm gonna have to call you back. I see a sale in here, okay? Bye. Hi, is this a sale? <laughs> Alright, great. It's like new clothes feel good till they don't feel good anymore. Kudos to those. Kids got things you can't get in a spell. New clothes feel good till they don't feel good anymore. Kudos to those kids got things can't get in a spell. Wear dreams of a black car and putting keys in a fast car. That you can speak to the dashboard and getting speed like a track star. Pass of a beep or you ask what you mad for. And you really want a body kind dress so you can get a smiley face and mighty context. Even though you in the cold and your body be exposed to the world like it's Mardi Gras breast. You on your knees praying to submission. Cause spending G's is a true religion. You don't believe in the ghoul and witch. But you gotta have the jeans with the superstition. Head straight to the star with friends. And when you get a check, it's some more to spend. Forget a little day, yeah, it's more than that. If Dior was a Christian, you born again. Like new clothes feel good till they don't feel good anymore. Kudos those kids got things can't get in a spell new clothes feel good till they don't feel good anymore kudos to those kids got things you can't get in a spell finance is a train wreck by ray bands with your paycheck got big plans for a maybach but when you sitting on a bill
take a rain check And it could cost being so sartorial Spend a lot getting draws at Victoria You be giving all your bread Staying in the red But you act colorblind like an Oreo For a black kid, fashion is a way to speak But just imagine all the cash that we could keep If we invest that back into our favorite streets And paid attention instead of paying crazy cheese It's like one day you be running around one star Then you're dead and you get what you live for Who you think finna answer the big door? I'm pretty sure it is not in a winter New clothes feel good till they don't feel good anymore Kudos to those kids got things can't get in the style New clothes feel good till they don't feel good anymore Kudos to those kids got things can't get in the style